What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Backcourt Boys. A very special episode today. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. We have a great friend of mine, the only man in the world that can challenge me in a sporkle uh, contest, my good friend, Jackson. Jackson, welcome. Hope you're doing good. Hope everything's going well. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. It's a- yeah, of course. Podcast, finally. Yeah. So, uh, Jackson, you're our resident Timberwolves fan, so... We'll start there. This is our first podcast in about two weeks, I would say. We took a little bit of a layoff. Huge games last night. Crazy. Uh, two 50-point games. Darius Garland, 51 on 10 threes, 27 in the fourth quarter. And we'll talk about the Timberwolves in a second. Jackson, I know you watched that game, but Ben, what do you see from Darius Garland right now? I mean, the Cavs look really good. They lost that game last night, but... 51 from Garland, but he was only six away, I think, from the franchise record with LeBron. Yeah, so just shout toot my own horn here. I said that I think Mitchell and Garland could be the best backcourt in the NBA in our uh, preseason over-unders pod. Um, and, I, and I put something on our Instagram story, you know, kind of just about, like, the transition he can make between being a three-level scorer or being a distributor. When, Mitch, when, when him and Mitchell are on the floor, like, he's just passing, like, and scoring 20 but having nine to 13 assists now he scores 50 and is doing it at all three levels i think just shows i mean he he is really good yeah, he was a he was a bucket at bandy i mean top five pick he's in our favorite video of all time uh team eyes versus we all can go so shout out uh hometown kids but yeah i mean at that's a great game 51 i mean i think that was the first 50 point game if my memory serves right in the NBA, I'm not, I'm not quite sure Steph might have had one or I'm forgetting somebody, so apologies if so. But great game from Garland. Jackson, I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, what you saw from Garland or if you want to talk about your T-Wolves because that was the opposing team that they faced and, and he torched even the, the Timberwolves got the win. Yeah, I mean, the Timberwolves are a mess. That's that's a can of worms to open right now. But, um, I mean, last night they didn't have Mitchell or Allen, so it was kind of just the a must win. It was a must win for the Wolves. Yeah, it was. We are. I mean, we had our full healthy roster. There's you can't justify losing that game. So, but yeah, it was the Darius Garland show. He had 27 in the fourth quarter. He just wasn't missing. He looked like prime Allen Iverson. I mean, I I haven't seen a performance like that in a long time. So, granted, it's D'Angelo Russell guarding him. So it's it's. When it's crunch time, like we can't play D'Angelo Russell. So, I mean, yeah, shout out to Darius, but they had Lamar Stevens playing close to 40 minutes. So it was just, he had to, had to do that. Yeah. So the Wolves are six and eight. Um, D'Lo had a great game last night. I know we were joking about that texting, but what do you think the Wolves need to do? Because in the offseason, I thought it was a great trade. I still think Rudy is a – I don't know how to phrase it, but I feel like Gobert is good. He gets clowned, but he is good. I think the fit after seeing it might not be the best because you're clogging up that paint for Ant. Carl, I know you have your opinions on him, so I could let you take that away. But what do you think you need to see from the Wolves? Do they need to make a big move, or do you think they just need to, like, ride it out and and hope that the chemistry gets better? Because chemistry looks very bad right now. Yeah, the chemistry between Ant and Cat has been questionable for, you know, since Ant was drafted. I mean, Cat wants to be the guy. I don't think he really cares about winning. I hate to say that, but I mean, the Gobert trade when it happened, it looked 
look terrifying and it, it's still going to be terrifying for a while you know four firsts and vanderbilt beasley uh beverly oh, so. and walker kessler walker kessler looks really good so i mean they i mean it's still early it's what 12 games into the season yeah, and they have, these, they have these contracts locked up for three to four years with these guys so they have time to figure it out <laughs> do i think they will i i don't know i think ant really really hates it uh, which is like the part of it I hate the most because he's kind of the one you want happy. So I don't know. Cat looks really good playmaking. I think Gobert will figure it out. I, I think they'll figure it out. It's just it's going to take some time and it's going to take some getting clowned on, unfortunately. Yeah, Ben, you got anything on the Wolves there? Yeah, I'm I'm not a big Carl Anthony Towns guy, and you can you can kind of you know I think you're going to support this take, but that's fine. I I just I just don't. Like, like his play style, you know, he has this, like, he's very, like, vertical when he drives. And sometimes it, like, randomly happens where he has some, like, monster, like, dunk or something because of his length. But if you just watch him, like, he's not strong enough to really bully big guys. And then he's not, like, nimble enough to, like, make a shifty move on, uh like, smaller guys. So, like, or, like, vice versa, sorry. But, like, I, I just never liked his game. I don't think his game is built for the playoffs, you know, jacking those threes from the top of the key, like, all right, I don't know. I, I, so I'm not just big t- on Towns anyway. Um, I haven't seen a game where one where both of them play well simultaneously. Um, and then obviously, I, I really agree with your point about uh, Ann Edwards, obviously on top of losing all the draft capital. Ann Edwards not being happy has got to be the primary concern because you want him to sign that Supermax and stay as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, Cat. I feel like it was the as much as they needed that rim protection with Gobert, Cat playing the five was such a mismatch when you saw it. And even though Colony Towns had one of the worst playoff series last year against the Grizzlies, but when he was facing Stephen Adams, they had to take Stephen Adams out of the game. Like he didn't play, he didn't play because he just couldn't. Cat just abused him. So it's it's weird. I think they will get it going. Do I think they're gonna make a run? No, but I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs for sure maybe scare a team in the first round. But uh, on the other note, a traditional big man, unlike Cat, Joel Embiid, had, I think, I, I think it's not crazy to say he had, like, a top five game in NBA history. And I don't want that to be, like, overshadowed. If you look at the stats, 59, 11, 8, 7 blocks. First ever player with 50, 10, 5, and 5. He had 25 points and 5 blocks just in the fourth quarter. That'd be like an amazing game overall. They they look good without Harden. So Ben, you could start us off. I mean, I'm not the biggest Harden guy. Jackson, I know you have some thoughts on him, but Ben, take us away on uh, Joel Embiid and the Sixers right now because that was a much needed win against a feisty Utah Jazz team. Yeah. So overall, I think at the end of the day, that was just more so of Embiid's obviously a top five player in my opinion uh, when, when he's healthy and in shape. Um, and also he's just taking advantage of a team that is not in any way, shape or form designed to match up with him at all. You know, you have Lori Markinen and Kelly Olenek. I mean, that's just barbecue chicken every single time. But, um, you know, you see the first couple games and, you know, all these NBA guru stat people on Twitter are tweeting all the all the stats about Harden's combined dribbles in the first like four games were more than every other player on the Sixers combined dribbles put together. So, you know, and then it's funny, and then they start out so- slow, 
you could blame some of that on Harden, you know, doing whatever he does, and that was halting some of their offense. But at the same time, there was also chirps at Embiid that he came in out of shape or he looked uninterested. So I, I don't know if you can exactly pinpoint what do you say? Shut those up real quick. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. So maybe he had to take a little bit. Or I I don't know what to make of it. We're, t- we're like 10 games in, a little bit more than that, I think. Um, But it's just interesting to kind of see how it's working and how it is with Harden off the floor. But I think that they'll they'll figure it out with him back. I think first game, Harden had like 450 dribbles. Uh, it was something like so ludicrous. But, Jax, what do you got on uh, Embiid in the Sixers? Can we please get him some help? <laughs> it's been how many years where they've been running out these terrible rosters. I mean, I'm just looking at the box score. It's Tyrese Maxey. You can say what you want about him. He's not He's not a second option on a winning team. So you have 33% from him. Tobias Harris, everyone knows he's terrible. So bad. It's just they, they have no options outside of Embiid. And it's, I thought their bench would be, like, good, too. I, I thought they made good yeah. signings. Anthony Melton's a good backup point guard. Harold can't defend to save his life. Um, and then they got, like, the 2017 Rockets in that, in that bench. But, yeah, I mean, they got to do something. I, that's a biased contract is just – I, I was I was literally gonna just like butt in the Tobias kind. I saw someone tweet this is the most true thing I've ever seen. I've never seen someone with a hundred and forty seven million dollar contract have such a lack of like responsibility in how they do. Like I feel like because everyone just knows he's not worth that contract. Like no one even like chirps him for like when he plays bad and the Sixers don't win. Like he's not even viewed, <laughs> viewed as being caliber of having that, and it's like so bad. But it's it would not, be, it's not it would be a warranted contract if he was on like Detroit or, or Orlando, where he would you know be the first option going for like thirty every night probably. But on a team right now where he's getting paid like the second or third option, he's probably the fourth, fifth, definitely worst pl- best player in that starting lineup. And that's a that's a lineup that involves PJ Tucker who goes for two points a night. So I, I think. I don't think they'll make a run. Unfortunately, I think they're going to run to the same problem they, they had last year, to be honest. If they play, you know, Milwaukee or even Miami, a team that just gets after it on the defensive end, I don't think they're going to do much. Uh, Doc's got to go. That guy just can't coach to save his life, I think. But um, all right, I'm, I'm repping the shirt. Let's go to the garden yesterday. Because, Ben, I, I saw you uh, – Give a nice post on my Instagram, so thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Jay Gildas Alexander and Josh Giddy had one of the – I've watched Durant and Westbrook my whole life. That was one of the better duo games I've seen in my life, what they did yesterday. I'm not even capping. And I know it's against the Knicks, but they were getting, like, actually whatever they wanted. Shea gets whatever he wants on offense, gets wherever he wants. His step back is unguardable. And then Giddy, for some reason, all of a sudden just – he, he loves to get into that high post, back a smaller defender down, and shoot that little floater. It's going in, so I can't complain. But, uh, Ben, start us off. What did you think about my Thunder yesterday? They're 6-7, and seven, making a little noise right now. Yeah, I don't know how, if I were you, how I'd be feeling about that, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you want that. Great. that you, you're feeling good? I feel great. Yeah, I mean I... – I guess you do want a progression at this point, but I just feel they, like they can't keep losing. It's yeah. it's not a healthy culture. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
Um, and I, and, I, and I did see that, you know, Josh Giddy's still ridiculously young. Um, he's got everything he needs except for, for, you know, that jump shot or whatever. Um, so I think at the end of the day, they, they have a good duo. Shea's that isolation score. Giddy's that, you know, 6'8", or whatever, 6'9", 6'10", rebounding passer. So I think if you just look at it, like, stylistically, you have a scorer, you have a distributor, um, and then it's all just about filling in the other the other pieces. And right now, you know, they're obviously not there yet, but I, I think that was definitely a good sign. Jackson? Yeah, uh, like Ben said, you don't want to keep losing, but it's – I think to keep Shea happy, you have to keep, you know – you have to start winning now and you're trying to see that ball start rolling. So I do think they need to, I mean, start getting more pieces. You can't keep holding on to Kendrick Williams and JRE. And you don't like Kenny Hustle? I love, I love me some Kenny Hustle, but maybe as the 10th or 11th man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're in a weird spot because they have all these picks. And I spoke to my other friend who's a, who's a Thunder fan. You got to turn them into something at some point. You can't just yeah. keep them. You can't keep holding on to 10 first-round picks. Like, that's – you're not going to have enough space on a roster for 10 first-round picks. Um, Chet, no boot yesterday, warming up. That's encouraging. I, I really think you might see him uh, at the end of the – you didn't see that text, but I, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I even got a Gaines uh, response, which, which is like seeing a full moon. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, no boot in MSG. He was warming up yesterday. He warmed up. He didn't like warm up with the team. He was going through like shots. Because, uh, yeah, because they were saying he just chopped him for the whole season. And like, I feel like that's like, you know, a, it's like I don't like, like, well, they might have done that on like, uh, you know, pessimistic side. Oh, he's going to miss the whole year. So that if he does come back, it's like, oh, ho- like, what are they, what's in the water in Oklahoma City? But I think if he could come back and play like 20 games, why not? Like, you got to see what you got out of him. I definitely agree with you if you were to come back and play 20 games, but kind of how the Pelicans treated Zion, if you were to come back just in the like playing, I think that would be a bad decision. But I think it's, you know, decisions to make on, on however he's Yeah, doing. if he can get some regular season games in, and if God willing, knock on wood, they are in the playing, fine by me. But I don't think they will be there, unfortunately, because I want to talk about this guy next. De'Aaron Fox is shutting me the hell up right now. Um, I saw a, a stat muse today. He's shooting 64, 57, 100 splits in the clutch, which has been like his kryptonite his whole career is that he turns into like the worst point guard ever when there's five minutes or less in the game. So, I mean, they beat the Warriors last night. I think they beat the Warriors twice this year. So kudos to them. Sabonis is a stud. That's like the first ever just win-win, I think, trade. Obviously not the first, but we love Halliburton on this podcast. I love me some Sabonis, too. He's a, a Thunder legend. Uh, what do you guys see from, you know, Sabonis, but also from the Fox? Do you think the Kings are going to, you know, finally crack that curse and make the playoffs this year? No. Jackson, you got this one. I mean, I don't know what to say. Last year, maybe you talked about the Pacific Division, and we're like, you know, it's Fox and Sabonis. They might be the fifth best still in that division. Yeah. Think about it now, Suns, Colin Booker, I don't know what they're going to do. Clippers, Leonard's barely playing. You got the Kings, the Warriors, obviously, Curry, Clay, Dre. Lakers, I know we didn't want to talk about the Lakers, so I'll skip that one, but I don't know. They're, they're looking they pretty sneaky. good. They got a sneaky team. 
and it looks like they're starting to, you know, you're starting to see their plan a little bit, which you didn't for a decade. So yeah. it also helps like I think it's good that as much as Halliburton's a stud, it's good that Fox is playing like primary point guard, not having to really worry about splitting ball handling duties. And Sabonis is just like one of the better rebounders. His dad was a phenomenal rebounder. He's a phenomenal rebounder. Um, we don't want to talk about the Lakers, but I, I just want to give a shout out. AD last night, 37-18. He's averaging 24-12 and 12 this year. He stayed relatively healthy. I know we're 15 games in, but it's good to see him get him back to like dominant AD ball. Because I watched that game last night. Um, I was flipping between that and the Sunday night football game. They, the, the Nets don't have any size. It's Nick Claxton. He was battling with a back issue. So for AD to just like man up and be like, I'm Anthony Davis, go out, get me 37 and 18. That was that was nice and encouraging. Uh, ben, you want to talk about them? Yeah, um, I'll just speak on AD because it's kind of the same recurring issues, you know, with, with the surrounding talent there. Um, but yeah, AD. What about, what about real quick, Kendrick Nunn? I don't want to. Uh... He sucks. He sucks. He might have been like the biggest like prank act of his like preseason performance to his regular season Mystery performance. Mystery of him like not playing in three years too. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a reason why. Hey, right. but honestly, with, with all those kinds of things, usually someone else you know flares up, and, and that's Lonnie Walker, who's been shooting like fifty-five percent from three. Yeah, like, shot four or five last night, I think, from yeah. three. Yeah. So he's been balling. Um, but yeah, overall, I want to get back to AD. I think he's having an all-defensive uh, season this year. He's like averaging like I think combined around five blocks and steals like per game, or like you know, or at least was doing that for for a certain uh, span of games here. And you know, I think the jump shot's looking a little bit better than it was. But overall, he's getting back to to bully basketball, going to the rim. It was really hard to watch him when he would just lollygag up the floor into that isolation. Uh, fadeaway that was like hitting the side of the backboard and he just it was kind of like the Westbrook thing he just like wasn't like I don't know if he wasn't in shape or wasn't like healthy but he wouldn't he didn't have any emphasis to like bully people and score at the rim it's like dude you're a big man like what are you doing you and you can't shoot so I don't know he's he's getting back to his old ways and uh I don't know if he's exactly the same player but but he's looking he's looking real good anything from you Jackson on uh a Disney <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him good. I want to see him succeed. I I like Anthony Davis. It, the league's better when he's good. Obviously, him and Westbrook looked really good together without LeBron. I don't know what that storyline is like, but I don't know. The league's better when AD's good and he's looking good right now. Yeah. So uh, that's a good segue. I, I want to segue into a talk that you know we had separately over the the weekend. The Golden State Warriors right now are 5-8. and eight. They're 0-7 on the road. They have the Spurs at home tonight, so you would think that's a win. Then they go play play the Suns on the road uh, on Wednesday. So, you know, you're looking at probably 0-8. You got Clay versus Booker again. That'll be fun. Um, but I'll let Ben take over. Ben, do you think that the Warriors messed up their plans in the last three years, even though they won a championship? Uh, no, I think because they have retained all of their talent on. So, I mean, they haven't, they haven't really messed up their plan because their plan hasn't really been executed yet. I think in a, in a short time span here, they're going to have to make that decision on what are we going to invest, you know, whether it's our money, our assets in, are we going to try to assimilate these young guys 
or kind of hide them. One, because they're not helping us win. Actually, they're helping them lose when they play like Wiseman. And two, should we just hide them and like, you know, kind of keep their their trade value and go after someone big and, and maybe a tanking team will will take a crop of three uh you know good young players who are highly drafted so i think i think their plans are not hurt they're obviously off to a rocky start but we'll be able to grade that once we see what kind of moves they make because i think they're going to do something jackson you go because i i my answer is yes and we talked about this on saturday night so i i don't think they've made mistakes i just don't think they've you know bridge the gap as well as they could have. And we were talking about this, you know, Wiseman looks unplayable. He is on, he's got three straight DMPs. So, and Kuminga, I, I don't know. And then Moses Moody. So, I think you've maybe tried to get some trade them for something. But, you know, Franz Wagner was there after Kuminga, you know, not drafting Lamelo. They really could have just kept the ball rolling for another decade. But, I granted they won a championship last year, so you can't really say much. I don't know more than Bob Myers, so but I do think they could have improved a little bit there. Yeah, I I think they did botch. Um, I know that they won last year, so I they got a thermonuclear staff last year, so I guess that's you know, and the, the role players played great last year. They botched, I think. I mean, the Wiseman pick didn't even make sense to me when they did it back then. It makes no sense to me now. Um they they won, you know. Granted, they had Kevin Durant, Clay in his prime, Draymond when he was really good, and Steph is one of the best players ever. They were running out like Festus Azili, Javale McGee, um, Kevon Looney. Why did they feel the need that they needed to spend such high capital on a big man when they were just plugging and playing? You know, guys that wouldn't even start for, you know, probably some other teams if they weren't on the Warriors. They, imagine they took Lamelo. Or imagine they took Halliburton, like just a solid combo guard, because you know you can't predict the clay injury, but he was hurt when Wiseman was you know picked. Um, he looks like a shell of himself, which is you know a fair majority to injury. But I just I think they need to take Wiseman, package him with you know one of those wings, and go get like a Miles Turner, and, and solidify like. They have no presence in the paint right now. Um, they're, you know, something just off. Here's how I think that you just made a contradictory, contradictory point, though. So, so I feel like if they, like, the fact that they were winning back in the day, because obviously, as you said, because of their small ball, you know, flexibility, and obviously just how great their their team was, of course, but mostly it was guard heavy. Um. But the, I think their thought process was, one, obviously you're not going to predict injuries to Clay and things like that. But also, like, if if, if you don't think those things are going to happen, then how are you going to maximize the and assimilate a player like LaMelo, who's an on-the-ball player, in a system like that? Like, I I, I just think – I think Steph can play off the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think looking in retrospect, obviously LaMelo's like a future, you know, multi-time all-star. So, like, obviously, you know, you'd think it, it, it's a, it'd be the better pick and now that Wiseman sucks. But, like, you literally just said now on the contrary that they should trade those two for a big man presence because that's what they lack. And I think that that's, that's, why, they sh- that's why they went after Wiseman because if they were able to win with Kevon Looney and they were able to win with uh, Alonzo McKinney and all these bums – 
then, then, then if they actually got a good big man, then they could fix all those problems. But it's a different structure. They 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 won back then with such dominant wings. You know, they had Clay who was in his prime. You know, they had KD. For some reason, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors. They had him. They don't what you know, wing are they going to go out and trade for right now that's going to, you know, make up for that? So I think the next best option is to go get a proven NBA center who, for some reason, you know, Miles Turner is a very good center. If he was on the Warriors, he'd probably be going for like only, you know, 15 and nine with like three blocks. That's a lot better than Wiseman and Looney right now. And they're, they're Wiggins, they still have Wiggins. Cool. You know, that contract was. That contract was deserved because he he played good in the playoffs. He played good last season. It might come back to haunt them. I, I think he needs a bigger role per se. They're still hanging on to dear life for Clay, but I, they got to do something. They they cannot roll into the playoffs with this roster and just magic. You know, expect especially when the West is way tougher this year. Jackson, any thoughts? I mean, Jordan Poole. I think they're. Big issue is they, they picked Jordan Poole over Draymond. They, they're not going to allocate $300 million to him and Draymond. At least I hope not. And I don't know. Like you said, if Draymond's gone after this year, then you have to start considering getting a center. I don't know why Miles Turner hasn't been traded yet. He's been there in purgatory for like three years. There's yeah. kind of always in trade talks. They, they just got to future, I think. Like, Draymond is on the back end of his career. Clay is not good anymore. You're you're lying to yourself if you if you still think he's good. He's not. You know he's good in spurts, but they Steph Curry is playing like prime basketball right now. He's 33, 34. He's he's Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. They have Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, they have All Star starter Andrew Wiggins. I just think like you have the 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 head of your franchise playing arguably like the best basketball of his career right now. For some reason, Steph has just gotten better and better and better. And he's just going to be, like, sitting there with this roster that's very meh. I, I just – I think they oh, got to do something. They, they're they not looking good. But at the end of the day, they lost Otto Porter. They lost Gary Payton. And those that was are an underrated loss. What did you say? What did you say? That was an underrated loss, Gary Payton. They're they underrated were... losses. But, but to say that, like, already 15 – I mean, no one, no one remembers. The Warriors – Finished the last back half of the season last year, finishing 24 and 22. And they caught fire at the right time. No one thought that they were even going to win the finals against the the Celtics when they were down 2-1. Honestly, there was a lot of people that thought if Josh stayed healthy, that the Grizzlies could have beaten them in the playoffs. So, like, I don't think they were this perfect team that everyone thought they were all of last season, not even close to it. And, And I think, you know, they've won all these times by all these years by just being a great organization, building within and, and, and figuring things out with their culture and, and how they do things. And I listen, there's, it clearly doesn't look great right now, but it's not that different of a roster. And I think, you know, we're 15 games in, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to extremely it's, overreact still. Yeah, I, I don't want to say the sky's falling. The defensive numbers just don't look good. And I know it's it, it probably it might be, a, you know, a finals hangover. I just think they could have maximized, like, something so much better and they're just they won a championship so i mean they're they're arguably one of the greatest dynasties ever i can't like bash them they they have won so much 
it's just what could have been. But and that's just my my two cents on that topic. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to shout out, talk about, or? I I will say that um, one of like just relating my over unders. Um, I'm I'm looking on some things that I think I'm I'm aiming towards them being right on in my analysis, and some things that I'm not being right on at all. I think one of those are, is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, they look great. Simons went off again last night. He's we talked that you know at least Mike was questioning is, is he worth the contract, and he's definitely worth the contract. I think Jeremy Grant is great in this you know third option kind of role. I think that first option obviously you're not winning the damn game, but in his Denver role. Is that kind of the fourth option? He wasn't really being perfectly utilized, and I think you know, hard. yeah, Hart's a winning player. Nurkic is good. They they, they got a good team. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, they got a solid roster. Uh, we'll see what happens playoff time. But as I mean, as long as you got Dame Lillard, that guy could go for fifty whenever he wants. Uh, um, yeah, good for them. Uh, another shout out, I guess, real quick before we we head off. Jason Tatum, MVP. Been saying it for about three years now. Glad it's finally coming to fruition. Looked like a madman. We'll see what happens. But I mean, they look so damn good. They're losing to my thunder right now. But a lot of people, a lot of teams do. So I, I can't knock them. I got one thing to add. Shout out Greg Popovich. <laughs> yes. I say Kelvin Johnson. He was my MIP pick. Hey, well, that's a good pick. That was a good pick. Devin Vassell. I mean, yeah, they rumors. They look. He's still in there. He's still fighting. And shout out Greg Popovich. I picked him up in fantasy, but Charles Bassey looks like really good. And he just didn't play on the Sixers for some reason. Him, Isaiah Joe, they just didn't play on the Sixers for some reason. Just because they'd rather see Daniel House and Montrezl Harrell play, you know, 45 minutes a game with Paul Millsap and the ghost of DeAndre Jordan. But (laughs) shout out uh, Maury and Doc Rivers. But I'm good if you guys are. Yeah, good, good, good for me. Yeah, of course. Thanks, uh, everyone tuning in. Go follow our Instagram, the Backcourt Boys. We we post some nice recaps there. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Jackson, for coming on. We're uh, we're looking for guests. So, if people have have things they want to talk about or or teams, then then don't don't be shy. Yeah, don't be a stranger. All right. All righty. See you, boys.